Hello, I'm Sophia Lemon. And I am Petro, and today we are talking about competition. And now I'm (laughs) and now I wish there was some kind of cool music like a little xylophone playing in the background. (laughs) But there is not, it's just us. Yeah. So welcome back everybody. We are back. And uh, yeah, we're gonna post links. We're back again, yeah. From what? Wait, from the holidays or from last week? <laughs> from last week, because, I mean, for us, for you and I, it's been like three weeks since we sat down to record. Well, with the exception of last week, but... That was a short one. That was a short one. So, yep. well, and we have... Yeah, well, anyways. Why don't we start uh, all over and uh, let you know that you can find links for this episode at uh, doubleexposure.show slash 65. And um, we want you to join our Facebook group called the Double Exposure Show Group. So come join the conversation, participate. Um, Our audience and our participants are growing by the minute. Mm -hmm. Uh, It feels like I'm approving a new member every day, and it's kind of a good feeling. (laughs) And I really like the variety of people. Um, Like there's people from all over the world, quite literally. Yeah, yeah. There's younger younger About folks. <laughs> <laughs> there's younger folks. There's older folks. There's all kinds of folks. So I don't know it, about you, Petro, but I've actually been denying people. To the group. I've denied a couple. Yeah. Um, because They're like, just so you guys know, like not everyone gets into the group. So exclusive. Um, the podcast is well was originally created for photographers, but it turns out that it's sort of applicable for you know business owners in creative fields so that's what we're welcoming into the group um and also real human beings and i feel like we've been getting some spam yeah and i think one or two may have slipped through the cracks i'm trying to be vigilant about checking who it is and yeah like we go and look at their profile and See what their job is. Make sure that they have photos of themselves on their profiles Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and actual real friends and that they speak English because that's, you know, pretty important. Or at least can can communicate in English. Like I know I approved somebody um, who their Facebook was clearly a language that I did not understand, which is a huge surprise because, you know me, I understand all the languages. Right. <laughs> and uh, it just seemed it just seemed a little odd. And, you know, and especially when most of their posts are just kind of like spammy looking posts yeah. on their own personal page. Yeah. Now, this person supposedly had a photography page of their own. Mm-hmm. But when I clicked on it, it it just did nothing. It There was a message that popped up, but it was nothing. It Like the page didn't actually exist. Yeah within Facebook world. So I thought it was kind of interesting and I just clicked deny. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, and the reason we do that is for the people who are in there. Um, yeah, we don't want people in there trying to sell you stuff, first of all. And second of all, we don't want people in there just spamming the group. And we don't want just, you know, larger numbers. We would be happy with 200 group members if those 200 people are engaged. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. And I don't know if you guys you guys have noticed, but I'm starting to tag people in posts because I realize that group posts can sort of get lost. And we definitely want more engagement from you guys. So if you want to be notified about um, 
posts um, as they pop up. Make sure that you're getting notifications for, mm-hmm. from the group. A lot of what we post other than episodes is going to be stuff to help keep you accountable this year and <coughs> grow your business. So <coughs> you should engage in those conversations. True. Agreed. They're open to everyone of all walks of life mm-hmm. and business experience and everything. And so. I have to admit that uh, as a member of other groups, sometimes I just like to watch and yeah. observe and learn from that. However, um, we need people who we can watch, right? So you, once in a while, even I get involved and, you know, participate. That's the word I was mm-hmm. looking for. So, um, same thing here. Yep. Get involved, participate. If you disagree with us, for goodness sake, post something. Oh, yeah. You you don't have to agree with us all the time. Jeez. And we're going to talk about this today because we're talking about competition. Um, But, like, I know we have one person in there um, so far who is engaging quite a bit. And And he rarely, he rarely agrees with us. And that's good. And honestly, I've read some of his stuff and I'd be like, huh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At the end of the day, you have to realize that this isn't exactly a teaching environment. It's a sharing environment. It's uh, a couple of professionals who are coming to the table and talking about their ideas, their experiences. And the benefit of that is that if you're new in the field or any creative field, you can learn from our mistakes and move forward with a vast knowledge of perhaps what not to do or how when we do it how we benefit from it or anything anything you can pick up from that and yeah Yeah. speaking about sharing and stuff so you know my friends ralph and carolyn yeah they share a lot with you oh boy (laughs) they host the podcast um carbon-based business units which is really awesome and you should go and subscribe to their show and listen to it but if you run out of episodes um they rebranded their podcast and you can go back and listen to the original podcast which is web search social um and like binge listen to that because there's some really good content on that but anyway they do share a lot with me. And right now, Ralph is helping me move my website. Nice. Um, so I talked about this in an earlier episode, I think. My original web host screwed up my WordPress account. Um, and when I migrated it to the new web host, they didn't fix it. And now Ralph has gone in and he's had a look at the back end and he's like, this is like a mess. <laughs> So my website's been really slow. So we're moving it to a different host. And one of the things that he wanted to do was get all of my images off of my server and onto Amazon. So my all of my images and content are going to be hosted by the Amazon web service instead mm-hmm. of on my server. So it'll speed things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to go and I had to set up everything up and I set it up and then I clicked the button that said migrate, um, files and it didn't work. I was like, I didn't, I broke something and Ralph goes, I'll look at it. So he goes into Amazon and he goes, no, it looks right. (laughs) And then I'm like, well, you click the button and he goes, okay. So he clicks the button and then he goes, okay, it's going. So I'm going to leave it. Well, and over the past few days, I've gotten messages from him like, oh, I hate your web host. <laughs> <laughs> Who Last are night, you hosting with? Should we mention uh, that? or? I mean, 
do we feel bad saying it? I don't necessarily think it's the web host that's the problem. Right. I don't know. User error. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But anyway, over the past like few days since Monday, I think, maybe Sunday, mm -hmm. um, he's up to 15% migrated. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Really irritating. And he has to do it because it won't let me do it from my computer. So I could do it and like just let it run, but it won't let me. Mm -hmm. <sighs> what if you just start from scratch? No, because that's like blog posts and... Like that's SEO. <laughs> SEO. That, that's Important content. Stuff. That is content that is bringing me um, leads, and it's like links from Pinterest and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Facebook, and like I have to have all of that move over to uh, to the new website. But I have been going through and overhauling my website, like changing text and changing design and stuff, and simplifying, and it's coming along really nicely. So once I'm moved, I'm expecting some big things because my website's been so slow that I will get multiple emails from one person requesting a shoot because they clicked send and it took too long. So they clicked it again and maybe they clicked it three more times. <laughs> if you ever wonder why uh, other websites post like a little blurb, please click send only once or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably um, have a problem with that, but I shouldn't have a problem with that. So this is going to solve that problem. I have a real estate client who, whenever he gets an invoice from me, he pays it right away, pays it online. And of course, since I use wave apps, they, you know, they're pretty awesome. They, they allow him to pay with a credit card, but that's what he, that's what he did a couple of times. He clicked, and then it wasn't doing anything, so he clicked again, and he actually got charged twice. <laughs> yep. So he uh. he called me eventually, and he told me what's up. And the thing is, um, when money gets deposited, it's not like I just get one job deposited at a time. I get you know several things that have been paid deposited, and I don't notice that he paid twice. Mm -hmm. And the issue is that in Wave. There's no way to pay accounts. So when when somebody, let's say I send you three invoices and each one is for $500. Let's face it, they're a lot more than that. We know that. But <laughs> mm -hmm. um, let's say you pay just one invoice uh, and you pay $1,500. Well, I wish in Wave it would actually apply credit to your account as opposed to an invoice because all it does is it will show that now there's a thousand that you overpaid by a thousand dollars and then you have two outstanding invoices so how cool would it be to just be able to sort of pay an account yeah you know so dear wave apps if you're listening uh please fix it please make it happen it would be so good because I invoice the same client several times, and unfortunately, uh, if they if they're past their reminders, there's no way to do that. So, I wanted to get that off my chest and get back to your website. Um, let's continue talking about it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. What do you want to know about it? No, it's. I just realized I went off on the tangent. What else I, is new? Well, you know. I think my website's like pretty important to me and I do it all myself other than this migration, obviously. And I think mm -hmm. when it's done and when it's moved, I'm going to do a bit of an experiment. And like I have a couple Facebook groups 
for clients and stuff. And I think I'm going to go and post in there. Um, hey, guys, go to this link, link to my somewhere on my website and say, mm -hmm. tell me if you can find this, this and this. Or what do you see first? Um, is it easy to navigate? Is it easy to read? Do you understand what the purpose of this page is kind of thing? Just to make sure it's easy for people to navigate my website. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I've literally booked clients and I asked them, why'd you book with me? And they're like, uh, your website was really good. <laughs> I must have always had a really crappy website because I'll be honest with you. Majority of my clients have been through Facebook advertising. Yeah. To well, the that's point, where your focus is, so. Literally to the point, Sophia, that I took my website down for six months once. Yeah. And I, I did not get less business. Yeah. Um, and I do, I do not know why, but a lot of my website inquiries do not go anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so I've neglected my website to the, to the point of me taking it down soon. Not forever, but I'm going to try to reinvent something. I am still at the deciding stages of whether I do the printing and photography website together or if I do them both separate. I haven't really decided that. I think it would be interesting to do them together somehow, mm -hmm. like have have them separate, but like with one landing page kind of thing. So and that's where I'm at. because, And then I'm kind of thinking, well, I don't speaking of competition. I don't want the competition to look at the website and go, yeah, I was about to order it, but no, I don't want to now. I was about to order a canvas, but I don't want well, to. Well, it now. does establish you as an expert for sure for wedding clients, for example, if you're right. doing the printing for other professional photographers. And that is a fact. I mean, I do that already. Yep. And it's a really interesting actually seeing people I've met with that I didn't book for whatever reason. Yep. Uh, come in, you know, come into the Dropbox and I'm printing their canvases and <laughs> I'm kind of going, well, still getting your money. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm never bitter about not booking um, a client uh, mm -hmm. and my competition getting the business. Um, I think it's good. I think it's healthy for your business to, to have that actually. Oh my gosh. Do you <clears throat> just want to jump right into competition now or do you have updates for people? I have more updates, but I can let's, save them let's for get the next you episode. let's get you updating. Let's I, I feel well, like that was that was wait what? <laughs> what? Let's get you talking about your updates. That was my update. I'll save the next the other update for next week's episode. Okay. <laughs> I have no updates. I've literally uh, been exercising my annual routine of doing nothing in January. Um, <laughs> I'm dead serious. Uh, since about. Uh, mid 2000s like 2005 2006 I decided to take January off from the business mm -hmm. <clears throat> and focus on other things uh, other businesses uh, other ventures uh, my little girl mm -hmm. and uh, that's what I've been doing I've literally just left everything sort of on the back burner uh, we are going to start printing again sometime around the 8th of January <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so I have no print uh, or canvases in the queue at the moment. 
um, and nothing's coming in. And I think people kind of know that. And it's pretty slow for the websites that we do order fulfillment for. So if you don't know, um, we do order fulfillment in terms of when an order comes into your retail website for a print or a canvas. Um, I print it, I finish it, I package it, I ship it, and then I bill you. Uh, that's what order fulfillment is on this end. So it, it does kind of tend to get slow after Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, so order fulfillment has been dead. Um, so that that's my update. I've been kind of kicking it back and uh, living the dream a little bit over here where I feel like I don't think I went outside yesterday. Which is kinda, <laughs> yeah, like I took tank outside and I went to the car to check if I forgot something in, in, in the trunk, but that's it. And I'm enjoying it, and it's going to be a great January. Uh-huh. So. Well, I'm back to my getting up super ridiculously early. Disgusting. And going, and going to the gym. Which and is then, really good. Which is what? Really good. Yeah. Good for my health. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've changed my diet back to food. That makes me feel good. Like... <laughs> Why is it so, like, I don't understand being a human, okay? Because I know what food makes me feel good, and I know if I eat the bad stuff, I will feel like crap, but I still eat it. But you'd think you'd eat it once and then be like, oh, I don't feel so good, and then you would stop. Like, that would be enough. (laughs) But then you don't stop, you keep going. It has to do with the with the chemistry of your brain and how it responds to the stuff my, in the food. My brain is a jerk. <laughs> yeah. What what is what is the bad food that makes you feel bad? Well, like lots of wheat and cheese and stuff. And basically, mm-hmm. if I don't get vegetables, fiber, so you just described a pizza. Vitamins. <laughs> wheat yeah, and pretty cheese. much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm finding food. I'm even finding just like healthier ways to eat foods that I like. So like instead of mayonnaise, I'll use yogurt, Mm -hmm. which remarkably works pretty well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And when I really think about it, Greek yogurt and mayonnaise are not far off in flavor. Greek yogurt and sour cream, not far off in flavor. Mm -mm. (laughs) So I mean, just don't use vanilla yogurt. Well, no, I use (laughs) the plain stuff, but I, I've been using, um, plain Greek yogurt with tuna to make tuna salad. Damn, Mm -hmm. it's good. And then some hummus, put some white beans in there. Now I'm hungry. And when you mention this to somebody, a lot of times they'll just cringe and be like, yogurt and tuna, disgusting. Yeah. Um, It sounds weird. So, yeah. For example, if I was to make an egg salad um, or egg salad sandwich, instead of mayonnaise, I actually use avocado. Interesting. Give it a try. You might never go back because it's actually tastier. So, um, like you, you know, when you smash up an avocado, you can just spread it on toast and eat it. Oh yeah, uh, right. I've well, seen now, that, but I'm trying to avoid the bread. Right, but I just mean you're already doing that with avocado. Now imagine just smashing an egg in there, and now you have egg salad, <laughs> sans yeah. mayonnaise, and it it really is delicious. And you know, finish it off with halved cherry tomatoes and have it open face yep. to yep. to you know cut out half of the wheat intake oh yeah um well there's, there's ways to do it and actually and enjoy it yeah, yeah. <coughs> there's ways okay. to do it and enjoy it and have a have a 
a healthy lifestyle. But what it comes down to me, uh, with me rather, what it comes down to with me is that I am, I have all the time in the world right now, so I will take the time to make things. Mm-hmm. Um, but during a week, uh, it's it's hard for me to, I don't schedule time to make food. Yeah, so you don't really schedule much. I don't schedule much. No. <laughs> uh, I can't. The problem is I cannot because I would not get everything done if I scheduled it. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I multitask and and because I don't schedule a lot of stuff, I, I grab and go a lot of things. So if I'm out, I'll grab and go. If I'm at home, um, sometimes I'll grab an apple. Sometimes I'll just be like, what is quick or mm-hmm. what's already made? Or, wow, we have leftover pizza. Yeah. Eating it. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> it's really dry in here. And so I'm going to start coughing. <laughs> don't die. So I'm, I'm going to have you start our topic today. Yeah, well, we're and like I'm 20 minutes to, in, so we may as oh well. Oh, my goodness. Huh? And I'm going to okay. go cough over here. <laughs> <coughs> okay, so today we're talking about competition because I've been seeing posts all over the place about competition <coughs> and about how scared people are of competition. And it's driving me absolutely bananas. And I had a revelation um, like a month ago. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, okay, take photographers, for example. If we're competing and constantly cutting our prices back so that we get the clients instead of someone else, we're not doing ourselves a good service. Um, basically, if all of us aren't succeeding, then none of us are going to ex- succeed. Does that make it's sense? true. Oh, yeah, of course. It does to me. But I think a lot of the newer people who are panicking and are frustrated that they're not their calendar isn't full yeah um you really need to kind of have an open mind and listen to what we have to say about it yeah so we had a meeting with our the ladies at the studio um and they were talking about headshots and we all get emails about headshots and i will send a price all of our prices are reasonably the same i will send a price and people will be like that's too much and -hmm. then they'll give you a quote that they got from another photographer And they want you to drop your price because, I don't know, maybe they prefer your actual photos and they would rather have you as their photographer um, if you gave them a cheaper price. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And then some of these people were saying, yeah, they do drop their prices. Some of them don't. And I just thought, don't, because if as soon as you drop your price, then everyone expects us to be at that price. Mm -hmm. Then everyone who's going out looking for a photographer to give them headshots Um, they expect them to be at a lower price and not a price that will actually allow us to do our jobs rather than having to quit and go and get a different job because we can't sustain our lifestyles. (laughs) Well, Um, it's interesting you say that because I meet a lot of photographers or creatives that are in a field that they're sort of the only employee, right? mm -hmm. So they're not running a four plus employee business um they're just in it for themselves and they keep on almost all of them have a part-time job or a full-time job where they're doing this part-time because they have to and 10 years ago maybe even a little longer a little more uh maybe around 12 years ago there was it seemed like a lot of people were actually taking the leap and quitting their full-time jobs and I think I remember that because a lot of them were talking to me about it because I had 
let me rephrase that. Ever since I came to London to go to school for photography, um, I have not, I have not had a full time job like a nine to five. Mm-hmm. I've always um, so immediately after school, after college, I worked for a bank for about six to eight months, and that was full time. Uh, but then I went back for a third year and did my commercial photography. Um, major uh, with a college so I got a, like a certificate and um, I'm trying to think I did not have a full-time job so I've always worked for myself and I mean I picked up marketing jobs here and there so working for uh, Olympus working for Epson working for Microsoft even as a rep on the road and you know working some trade show as, as a professional photographer but everything I was always doing was part of my job, part of my business. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people turn to me to kind of say, okay, how, how did you do it? How do I leave this full-time job? Hey, you were one of them, technically. <laughs> <laughs> you were uh, you were working for an insurance company, if I recall. Yep. And I remember that conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was always like, you got to leave that job. You got to yep. just, just go, just do it. And it will happen. Just follow these well, steps, so to speak. And you know what? Like I wasn't getting anywhere with that job. Like that job was keeping me from advancing. You exactly. know what I mean? Well, I do. <laughs> like it was just getting in the way. <laughs> the only thing it provided was a steady paycheck. Yeah, and, but like but at a cost, the paycheck right? wouldn't have gotten any bigger and Absolutely. Like, That's why I yeah. didn't say it was a good paycheck, it was a great paycheck. Or a crappy paycheck. Well, it was yeah. just steady. That's all it was. It was just steady income in the bank. And what happens is we adjust our lifestyle based on the steadiness of the income that goes into our bank that gets deposited in there. Let's face it. <clears throat> people who have a lot of money coming in spend a lot more per month than people who don't have a lot of money coming in. Yeah, right? it's so kind of ridiculous, actually. It is ridiculous, right? So you, you almost have to kind of tailor your own business to that, right? If you... If you're not having a ton of money coming in from your business, well, look at, don't, don't just give up and be like, I'm out. <laughs> I got to yeah. go get a job. Look at ways to make it work. Right. So yeah, but anyways, hold on, let's get mm-hmm. back on topic. Yeah. Let's get back on topic. Exactly. <laughs> so I was actually, I think on rising tide society recently, and I was reading through posts and I read this post. I'm not going to say your name, but anyway. With what I do, I end up mentoring photographers once in a while. Would love to hear from other tiders who help others out that need or want help as a beginner. Do you give out a lot of info at the risk of competing with them at a later date? Or do you only give out minimal info? I have heard some photographers say they don't give out location ideas, lens information, etc. because of the potential competition. Would love to hear from others about this. And this just made me want to punch things. Mm-hmm. All the things. I just wanted to punch all the things. <sighs> okay, first <clears throat> so, of all, yes, share everything. Yeah, it, the funny thing is, Things have a tendency of coming around full circle and you don't <laughs> actually know thing on my list. <laughs> <laughs> you don't actually know how much potential sharing you will get back from the individuals you share with. Um, how about if you share your uh, style, ideas, locations, 
you're potentially opening up the door to have people working with you when you need mm-hmm. them, right? Yep. <clears throat> I came from a teaching background, meaning my job was to share things. And I worked with people uh, who, whose names I won't mention, uh, but I worked with people who downright refused to share their own styles, ideas, uh, locations, lighting techniques, pro- post-processing techniques. That's so so there, there was something unique that they did, you know, a style, whether it was nope. portraiture or whatever, nope. right? I refuse to believe that. Yeah, it was something unique that they did in that style. And nothing is unique anymore. (laughs) Well, it's true. It was okay. No one else something interesting that they did. (laughs) That's right. You're you're exactly right. And the the problem is, even though the the internet is so so powerful, and there's Google, and you can find all of this on there. There's just so much garbage on there, too, that it's very difficult to find. And when you're just starting out, you might not even know what to look for, how to, mm-hmm. what, what something's called. So you're obviously going to call on a peer and say, hey, I really like your style. I'm curious, what lens did you use? What ISO speed? What uh, uh, What's the location? What's this? What's that? And when people say things like, you know what? And so, some people I spoke with are quite up front, they'll actually tell you, um, you know what, I worked really hard to get where I am. I Nobody shared with me, so I'm not going to share with you. That's a load of crap. Agreed. No one shared with you? That is bullshit. Did you go on the internet? Yeah, probably. probably. Did you learn anything on the internet? Did yeah. you download Someone software, sh- yeah. install it on your computer and learn to use it? Yeah. Well, if you somebody browsed, shared. Yeah. If you browsed any photos on the internet or in books or anything, someone shared that with you. So don't at any point say that no one shared any information with Mm -hmm. you. Don't Mm -hmm. think that no one helped you get where you are. Tons of people probably helped you. Like, if that is your perspective, then... Unless you went to the store, (laughs) bought a camera, and when... Never looked at a photograph ever? Never looked at a manual, <laughs> never looked at a photograph and just started creating things by yourself, wrote your own software. Yeah. Um, unless you did that, you 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 don't have the right to say, I, I'm not going to share my techniques. Okay. The only way that I can get on board with this is if you grew up in a cave and you were never <laughs> on the internet, you've never been on Facebook, you've never been on social media, you've never seen a photo. If you've mm-hmm. seen a photo... <laughs> then you've learned from someone else. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm so angry. Not at you, obviously, but I really, really I hate that mentality. And not sharing with other people is just, you're just setting yourself up to fail because what you're doing is you're saying, I am better than all of these other people. Mm-hmm. I can charge this much. They can't because I'm better than them. But what you're doing is you're creating you're creating an environment in which people are going to pay for the cheaper photographer. They're always just going to compare you to the cheaper photographer. And if those other photographers are not succeeding like you are, then you have no reason to be in the industry because you're going to fail. Well, and my frustration at the when I was starting out was the fact that there was just so much information to absorb. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> what you have to realize is that I started my journey with film. Um, 
There was no digital was an afterthought. It was like this cool thing that people are experimenting with. But I had no intention of ever sitting in front of a computer editing photos. To me, when I started photography, it was you put the film into a box, you put light onto the film, you go and you give the film a bath, and then you project light through it onto paper, and then you give the paper a bath, <laughs> and then you have pretty photos. That was literally the concept for me when I started photography. And the big reason why I wanted to be a photographer, because I would be able to get out, <clears throat> not sit behind a desk, not have to sit in front of a computer, crunch numbers. That was the big reason why I wanted to do this. Today, I sit behind a computer or in front of a computer all day because that's that's life. That's what happened. So think about when, I, when I'm starting my professional career is when digital is picking up. This is when um, Canon released their 10D or D60 or D30 or whatever it was. And everything was just so overwhelming because the now for me to compete with other photographers, I had to buy a digital SLR. I could no longer show up to a wedding with a Mamiya R67 camera, where for you who don't even know what I'm talking about, think think of a piece of film that's the size of your palm. Um, that That's what the Mamiya cameras uh, were doing. And they were bulky. It was kind of like... I have one sitting next to me. <laughs> you have... <laughs> You have the 645. Oh. <laughs> which 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 is where, still big and bulky. <laughs> yeah. So that 45 is 4.5 centimeters. Now make that 4.5 centimeters 7 centimeters. So the negative <laughs> was almost twice as big. Mm-hmm. Um so that camera is bulky now. Make that camera 3 times heavier and like 4 times bigger. Um, and each lens was not a zoom lens. It was, you either had a portrait lens or a wide lens or a normal lens, like, and literally those are only the three lenses I had. So have I shot weddings on it? Yes. Could I do that in the mid two thousands? No, I had to go digital. I was so overwhelmed today. I feel like if you're starting out as a photographer, you're, um, you're already in that zone. You already expect to have a computer, a digital camera, memory cards go in, you Photoshop, Lightroom, etc. The works. So I was really happy because I was in a peer group that was learning with me and we were sharing things, sharing ideas, telling each other, hey, this software is really cool. You got to check it out. Hey, this is how I do things in Photoshop. And I brought that to the forefront of my classroom. And I remember telling people, telling my peers, telling students even, that I'm essentially training my competition. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that people have always asked me is, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about you literally training your competition? And my, my answer was always, I have no fear about it because I'm good at what I do. And there's more than enough clients to go around. Yeah. So, you know, do, stop. This is the reason why I do not watermark my photos, okay? Because I'm not worried about my clients taking a picture off my website or taking one of their proofs and printing it. They weren't going to print a large photo with me anyways, right? So I, I'm not losing business my print on the printing side from my clients by not watermarking my photos, just like I'm not losing clients to my competition by not sharing things with them 
or rather by sharing things with them. So back on what you said off this tangent, um, I, I get disgusted when people say stupid stuff like that. And because I like to say, who the hell do you think you are? What mm-hmm. makes you so special? There's, there's going to be somebody who will share things. And they're going to develop relationships with these people, with these up-and-coming photographers or other creatives. And they're going to have a really good working relationship. And, like, I can just go on talking about it. And I I would love to shame some people even because (sighs) I see some people who have been in business for 30 years still living with that mentality. Mm -hmm. Um if anybody ever asks me about location, I tell them where it was. I'll even tell them how to get there. I'll even oh tell God. them what time to go so that they can avoid uh, the security card if it's <laughs> one of those situations. Um, somebody asks me about lens choices. I tell them what the what lenses I used. Uh, I have no problem with that. The funny, the funny thing about locations for me is that one of the things I used to teach was that location actually doesn't really matter. It doesn't. Right? <laughs> that being said, my complaint next week. <laughs> I'll sound like a hypocrite, but anyway, go on. <laughs> um, if I'm shooting a portrait or if I'm shooting a wedding, I, I honestly don't care about on the location. I give the bride and groom a choice and we sort of wing it. I mean, we go and look for some cool stuff ahead of time that's close to the venue. Um, but my location scouting scouting days are over. Um, and this is because I have been sort of... Uh, the only word that comes to mind was like molested, but... <laughs> 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 mentally molested know. by a location like, where right. <laughs> I fell in love with the location so much that I focused on it too much. Oh yeah. And yeah. your, your, your subject was no longer the, the, the key focus. Right. And so the photos looked great, but I wasn't happy with it. And I realized that, you know what? I'm photographing with such shallow depth of fields anyways, that half the time you barely see the location. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try shooting just anywhere next time. And yep. I'll be honest with you, it works. You just, yep. As a photographer, you crop in the camera, you do whatever. Like, it, it works. It's great. Anyways, we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> Welcome have, back, everybody, to the frustration episode. <laughs> yeah. I have a couple more things to add. I feel like mm-hmm. I forgot as do what I. one of them was. Um, but I'll start here. <laughs> okay. Do you not write things down anymore? I am writing stuff down, but okay. I have one point that I did not write down, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'll start here. Um, so Kandra Shank, we talk about Kandra quite a bit. Um, when she was leaving her full-time job and doing photography full-time, she asked me if I would like meet with her and chat with her about stuff and... I got a little bit forceful with her a couple times. I was like, you need to sell products. <laughs> you don't need to sell digital files. And guess what she's doing now? She's selling products and she's not selling digital files. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. And you would think, well, she's my direct competition. But, and she is. But, like, we like each other. <laughs> Being in competition doesn't mean that you need to step on each other's toes. You don't need to steal ideas. Um, and we don't. Like, I give her ideas. Mm-hmm. She gives me ideas. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> we give each other ideas that work for each other and not necessarily for us. Now, because frankly, me, we have two different brands, so <laughs> we're not the same person. Right. Um, and the next part of this is if you are afraid of competition, I don't think you're actually afraid of competition. You're afraid that you're not good enough because if everyone is charging the same amount as you, if everyone goes to the same locations, use this, uses the same equipment and edits the same as you, then you're afraid you're not going to get work because you can't sell yourself. So... That is a bigger problem with learning how to sell your photography rather than competing on technical merit because that is never how you're going to be the better ph photographer. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this before. Your clients cannot tell the difference between decent and amazing. They don't right. care. They want a good photographer. They don't want outstanding photos. <coughs> they want good photos and an outstanding experience. And that's what you, you just stole it. You just totally stole what I was going to say. <clears throat> Your clients aren't hiring you for quality. They're hiring you for an experience. Now, mm -hmm. quality um, plays a role in them making a decision to give you money in terms of is your quality good enough to sell? And like your trust photos me, should be good. Yes. But you're always, always going to be working on your photos. If you're a photographer for 60 years at year 60, you are still going to be improving. I hate to tell you. <laughs> mm, that's if funny. I look at my photos from like e even last year there's stuff that I don't like and I'm always learning new stuff mm -hmm. like every day and it's infuriating because I'll edit a wedding and then I'll come back like a month later and I'll be like I'd edit that differently now <laughs> you want to know something funny I'm going to I'm going to share something kind of off topic and make people think and hopefully try this at home Sometimes your competition, your competition's fo photographs look different for a really stupid reason. Mm -hmm. You ready for this? Sure. <clears throat> How tall are you? Oh my God. I am worried about this right now. So I'm, <laughs> I'll tell you why after you say it. I am 5'8". Okay. <laughs> Do you know anybody who's shorter than you who's oh. in the same field as you? Like everyone, go right. on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Photographers are oddly short. Yeah. Where do you hold your camera when you photograph? At my face. <laughs> yeah. Where do they hold their camera when they photograph? At their face. And right now, I'm worried about this. You know why? I am yes. photographing someone this afternoon who's like 6'4". And I'm like, how? How am I going <laughs> to... If Do you have live both, view on your camera? If we're both standing, yes, but I don't there want to go. do that. Well, here's a funny and interesting thing that you probably don't know because you haven't been to a wedding with me in a few years. Um, I'd say half of the wedding I photograph is, is in live view. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> so about a thousand uh, listeners right now going, what? Well, live view is not for professionals. <laughs> And maybe people have changed their minds, but when I used to work for this amazing imaging company called Olympus, and yeah, I still think they're amazing. Mm -hmm. It's really a shame they got out of making SLRs. They Did they, they were sort of yeah, they don't make SLRs anymore. They just well, they make oh, mirrorless cameras. Olympus. You know what? Their biggest seller, or rather their biggest moneymaker, is a camera that you swallow. 
that goes inside you and photographs your intestines, etc. Nope, et go on. Let's get back yep. on topic. <laughs> so <laughs> their medical imaging is like 98% of their income. There's really no reason for them to do consumer. Like it's, it's almost like a fun project for them. Oh. It's like you taking up hockey, you know? It's not. <laughs> About that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... <clears throat> Uh, Olympus uh, started putting live view on their SLRs and I was a photographer who was meeting with other photographers, who was meeting with staff, who was going to trade shows, who had to show this feature to other people. And then one thing that people were always telling me is like, oh, really? Live view on an SLR? Uh, that's not professional. And it, it was almost like having that feature now made that camera experience less authentic and they didn't want to participate in this stupidity. And I'll be honest with you, I was influenced by them to the point where that was a feature that I was just kind of like, oh yeah, and it has live view. Anyways, um, you know, so <laughs> a little bit more about Olympus SLR. You could literally put it under like a waterfall and it was sealed not to leak inside the camera. Mm -hmm. You could, uh, it was dustproof, it was everything. The sensor size wasn't uh, two to three ratio or three to two. It was uh, four thirds ratio. So it was closer to an eight by 10, if you will. Um, also, the physical size of the sensor was smaller. So it was using the sweet spot of the lens. Like Sophia, it was incredible. The portrait lens was an F2, not a, not a 2.8. Um, like, or rather the 24 to 70. If you think of a 24 to 70 uh, lens on your camera, uh, it's a 2.8. On the Olympus, it was an F2. It, just things were amazing. The problem was the fact of how we think as human beings. We don't like change. We don't like people to tell us things. And we don't like you taking away this authentic experience. But one thing I took away from it was that live view works. And mm -hmm. I learned from working with a really short person uh, who was my assistant that I really liked her photos and I couldn't put my finger on it. Her photos were too dark. I had to edit them too much. Uh, sometimes her photos were not in focus, but I really liked their photo, the, her photos. And what I came down, the conclusion I came to was the fact that she was short. Um, <laughs> she was four foot nine or 10 or 11. She was not even five feet. Um, like, like really tiny girl. Um, and I realized that I really like her perspective. Mm -hmm. Now, I noticed that when I used to shoot uh, a lot of portraiture or fashion, uh, even though the model would be a little taller, sometimes I would actually have a really wide stance that brought me down about half a foot. And I realized, well, wait a minute, I used to do that for a reason, to bring my camera angle lower. Now, you can't do that in a wedding environment because guess what? your back would hurt <laughs> or you, or you'd be running around hunched over or something. Um, so I quite often shoot from the hip. I will have my live view on. I don't hold my camera out. I just kind of hold it down, look at the uh, screen on an angle and I take photos that way. And I like them better. Uh, like the perspective changes, right? So I'm sharing this little nugget of information. This might not be comfortable or work for everyone, especially if you're already short and you don't need mm -hmm. to do that. Um, but I'll be completely honest with you. A lot of times, it depends. The silly, the silly thing about the photographs we look at from our competition, it really depends on perspective. 
their perspective, how they see things, mm-hmm. right? How we interpret interpret information in front of us. Um, and I'll be completely honest with you. I took this a step further. Uh, when I was teaching a portrait class, I would send out a class of 30 students at different time intervals to take a picture of a subject um, that was waiting for them at a location or we even did this exercise in the studio although the studio is a little bit more difficult because the photos will look very similar but when they went on location when they went you know to the courtyard to meet this individual every single photo was different every single photo was photographed from a different perspective with a different lens at a different f-stop even technically different lighting because uh, it was all natural light and some people brought a reflector some people brought a subtractor like like a black reflector it was really cool to see how they interpreted what the information that was given to them that was presented to them and by showing everybody what they had come up with it was kind of an aha moment for everybody like oh i never even thought of doing it that way well we learned that day from sharing from giving each other ideas from understanding that you you're not tied down to do something a certain way just because that's all you know Mm -hmm. and i had one individual photograph um from a very very low angle and uh, the i had two groups so one of the groups actually really I, i showed both groups the same photos it was like following week mm-hmm. one of the groups really 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 liked that photo and this the person who took that photo was not in that group <laughs> okay whereas the other group who knew this subject they, they, like it's really funny how you could actually identify who took the photo yeah right <clears throat> the other group didn't really like it and it came down to the fact that this other person was doing killer photos like this individual was a little bit ahead of the curve. They were a little bit more creative. And it's almost like people didn't really like this individual. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. if it was him or her, because if you think hard enough, some people who I taught who listen to this, they'll know exactly who I'm talking about. They didn't really like this individual. <laughs> it wasn't me, for the record. It, it was not <laughs> Sophia, no. Although no. people did not like me. And you know why? You never talked to anyone. No, because I was mean and I acted like I was smarter oh, than everyone right. else. That that is true. Yep. That is Which, true. My Which next we covered point in is, episode one. Don't yeah. do that. But my next point is don't act like you're better than everyone else because you're mm-hmm. not. I hate to tell you, but there are better photographers out there than you. <laughs> there are better business owners out there than you. Um, you might be doing well, but don't let that go to your head. You're going to be a much better person if you're open to sharing that information with people than if you're not. Yeah. And there's nothing uh, wrong with being confident. Um, oh, no. Confident and cocky are two very different things. Exactly. Actually, this is kind of funny. Not really related, but <clears throat> if you ever want a good laugh, go check out uh, the Twitter feed from Wendy's, uh, like the fast food restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, check it out. It's hilarious. <clears throat> Basically, they roast their competition. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but that's funny. It is funny. So if you're going to be... You don't do that as a photographer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there is a difference between two big corporations roasting each other and like two, <laughs> two creatives 
Roasting. And the funny other. thing is that, like, Burger King, McDonald's, uh, Carl Jr.'s, they try. They try to get <laughs> yeah. Wendy's back. And Wendy's <laughs> just shuts them down. It's like, seriously, if you have 15, 20 minutes and you want a good laugh, just Google Wendy's Twitter and yeah. or go and check it out. It's pretty funny. <clears throat> I feel so. like I'm done with this. I am done. Everyone yeah. in our group, you're going to be nice and you're going to share stuff with people. Yeah. So what I want to do is I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about a couple more things and then we'll, oh we'll kind of move on. Um, I'm going to give you... Uh, an example about prices. Um, if you are a legitimate business, which you all are, if you're starting a business and everything, and you're collecting taxes, um, you have to stand behind your product. You have to have a certain level of confidence that your product is worth the money and you don't have to discount it. Um, are you going to lose business because you don't discount? Uh, not as much as you think. Yes, you will lose a little bit of business, but not as much as you think. Because if somebody really wants to hire you, they're going to hire you at your price. If they ask for a discount, it's because they want a deal, right? Um, do you ever ask for discounts, Sophia? No. <laughs> no. You are the kind of person, you are the, you are the perfect client. You are the kind of person who just probably, you just pay the price. You go, how much is it? This much? Mm, I can afford it. I'll, I'll buy it. I need it. I want it. And yeah. you move on. Uh, for other people, haggling is almost like crack cocaine. They feel so good. These are I find these are the people who are like addicted to shopping. Um, <clears throat> do I like getting a good deal? Yes. Now I I have a different perspective on it. I work really hard for my money, so if I can save a little bit, I will. I will at least ask, um, and I don't see a huge problem with that as long as if you're after a product and you want to buy it and you're willing to pay the price and you ask for a discount, but they say no, you're still respectful and still buy it, that's fantastic. I do not haggle with services. Here's why. If I'm hiring a contractor or a plumber or to, to do work on my home, uh, there's a reason why they're charging amount X. I've found out oftentimes that when you ask for a discount, they will either send somebody that isn't competent um, they will do a rush job. They will do sort of half-ass job. And as a result, I will hire the best in the industry and I will pay their asking price. And I find that if something ever goes wrong for whatever reason, they're on it. They're on top of it. They fix mm -hmm. things because it's almost like that customer service is built into the price. Um, when you go to Walmart, if you go to Walmart, I do not go to Walmart. I just, I cannot stand that store. But if you go to Walmart, you see prices, you buy things for those prices. Now, if you go to Walmart's competition, those prices might be a little bit more. Um, sometimes they're not. Uh, and I'm talking about for exactly the same item. Like if you wanted to buy, I don't know what you buy at Walmart. Let's say a gallon of Folgers coffee. It's the same coffee that's at the grocery store. It's exactly the same product. But Walmart has cheaper prices because they're Walmart, etc. Now, as photographers, we do not sell the same product. Yes, we all sell coffee, but it's not Folgers coffee. Sophia, you might sell Maxwell House. I might sell Taster's Choice. Yes, it's all coffee, but your tastes are going to be different based on that coffee. And guess what? Coffee prices are different prices for a reason. Now, 
to use the coffee analogy a little further, just because Sophia's coffee is cheaper, for example, I'm not saying it is, it might actually taste better. Only a handful of people might prefer my taste, right? But think about it. Only a handful of people might prefer the taste of my more expensive coffee, but that would be my business model. And a lot of it has to do with the kind of coffee you like. You know, when you go to Starbucks and you buy a cup of coffee and then they say like, our people roast this coffee, we pick these beans. At the end of the day, you're kind of trusting a small group of people to make a decision on what you're going to like. And I hate the argument people have like, oh, Starbucks coffee is the best. You know, Tim Hortons coffee is better. It's cheaper. They taste different. They're both coffees. If you like one better than the other, go buy it. You know, that that's what it comes down to. If you would prefer to pay less, go to Tim Hortons. I, for example, will be completely honest with you. I don't like either coffee. There's a, there's a little company in Canada called Second Cup. If you wanted good coffee, try theirs. It's divine. And <laughs> it's priced reasonably right in between the two. I'm not even joking. It's, it's freaking delicious. But I will be the first one to tell you that a brand does not matter to me. Um, I prefer uh, short sleeve black v-neck t-shirts as my attire for pr- pretty much 99% of the places I go and things I do. Um, I used to have these really good Calvin Klein t-shirts that last a long time. They don't lose their color. They're just great, but I can't find them anymore. <laughs> they, they're not available anymore. And so I discovered these t-shirts by Old Navy that are pretty damn similar they're actually a little bit more comfortable but oh and they're half price but you know what Sophia they don't last as long mm-hmm. so as far as prices go you have to keep in mind that you get what you pay for right okay so about so, competition <laughs> well th- this is this is my whole point about competition. bring it back bring it back, Petra. It is, bring it back. But, but but I'm not going off on the tangent this is competition <laughs> if you think about it these two companies compete with each other Okay, so so this is where competition you this is you have to understand why competition exists in order to be okay with competition, right? Think about it. Why is there competition? Well, competition is there for for a really good reason. If there was no competition, if you were the only person doing something, you you would probably have to lower your prices in order to there isn't an industry if there is no competition if no one else is doing it it's probably not a thing that's going to make you a lot of money Mm -hmm. so i mean really go watch dragon's den and look at all of the ideas that people come on with with like no one thought of it. I thought of a better mousetrap, that sort yeah. of thing. Um, so you're either how many solving of those a deals, problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many of do, those deals do they actually make? Not a lot. Very, <laughs> very few of them actually yeah, end up making a, a deal. <laughs> so the chances are, like, if you were the only photographer at this point, you probably wouldn't have a job, mm-hmm. to be honest. And so if... So back to the pricing as well. Uh, the last thing I kind of want to say about the pricing, and saying, and this goes for you, Sophia, too. When somebody asks you to lower the price, 
your answer doesn't have to be a very long answer of why you're not going to lower it. Just be confident and quote your price. And if somebody says, can we have a deal on it? Why don't you offer them an incentive to hire you instead? Um, and say, I'm available for your date. This is what I can do. This is the price I can. I, I. If you feel like you need to do something to close the deal, do not lower your price because yeah. you're setting a precedent. Instead, yesterday, yesterday, I had someone book a consultation with me. And in the forum, it asks for their maximum budget. Mm-hmm. And they said, we've been quoted 1600 and we would like it to be lower than that. Mm-hmm. Or we would l- act like it to be cheaper than that. And, you know, my gut response is, well, I'm not cheap, so thanks. Um, but I just responded back. I'm like, my wedding packages start at $3,000. So I totally understand if you two are not prepared to stretch your budget that much. In some cases, people will say stuff like, our budget is like 1600 but we really don't know anything about this. That's when I'll have a conversation with someone. But when someone says our budget is $1,600, but we want it to be cheaper than that, then I'm not even going to waste my time. I invite people for a meeting. I use that as an opportunity to educate them. And I say, um, I understand where you're coming from, wanting to spend less. Weddings are very expensive. If photography is very important for you uh, and you and you want it, you want to have good photography, I invite you to meet with us so I can show you some of our product, explain to you the process and uh, talk to you a little bit about your day. And I'll show them, um, I have a different approach to this. I'll actually show them, you know, 1500 to 2000 photos that we take at a wedding. And I say, this is a lot of photos. And then I show them, this takes about three, three minutes. And then I show them the photos we narrow it down to. And then I move on and show them the photos when they're quote unquote edited. Um, and I'll show them about a dozen or so of really well, like really, really awesome edited photos. And I always show the, the last wedding so that they don't think that, you know, I kind of use that as a bit of a bit of as a psychological exercise. I say, mm-hmm. this is the last wedding we shot, uh, so that I'm not showing you my best work. And I, and I kind of use this to my advantage and it's a little bit of a sneaky thing that I do, but I tell people, you know, when you go to a person's website, you always see their best work. And you're always, you know, so they're going to pick people who are, uh, and I try not to make the couple feel bad and ugly, but I'm going to say they're going to pick the prettiest people, the prettiest photos, the best lit situations, the best environments. How about I show you the last wedding and, oh, you're getting married at the Windermere Manor? I have a fo- uh, I have a wedding from the Windermere here too, and then I show them the wedding from the Windermere. Yeah. So if you so, have nine out of ten times, I book the people who said, "Well, we only want to spend fifteen hundred, and they end up leaving signing a check for four grand, right? Yeah. So I what I'm doing is I'm giving them an opportunity to be like, "Yeah, no, we're not prepared to spend that much money," um, mm-hmm. and I still say like. I'm happy to keep our consultation and everything. This is what's included in my packages, um, which you're not going to find elsewhere. But I don't have time to meet with those people and talk to them for two hours. If they're going to be like, uh, can you get it closer to $1,600? I can't. I cannot get it closer to mm-hmm. $1,600. <clears throat> well, and I do put that into communication saying that if you're expecting this to be less than $3,000, don't let me waste your time. Mm-hmm. I make it 
seem like, you know, because essentially what I'm telling them is, hey, there's actually a lot of value to what we do and the product we offer. Come on in so you can touch it and feel it and see it. And I also throw it in there. I say uh, it's also a good opportunity for us to meet in person, since if you decide to have me as a photographer, I will essentially be a guest at your wedding. And um, they go, yeah, that makes sense. Let's do it. Let's meet in person. And nine nine out of ten, it works. There is that ten percent of people that get up and they kind of go. Honestly, we thought we could talk you down. <laughs> and it's like, no harm, no foul. Here's a package. If you know somebody who's getting married, tell your friends. And then I tell them about my referrals. Yeah. But there's people who can afford to spend four grand, and then there's people who can't afford to spend four grand. And See, the people who can, they know they want to spend $1,600, but they know that they can spend four grand. So they might be like, well, let's go see. It depends. Um, <laughs> it depends on, on your philosophy, because um, I give you options to spend that four grand. I give you the reasons to spend that four grand. And then I give you opportunities to spend that four grand. Mm -hmm. it, if you tell me right now, that I can't afford to buy a Porsche 911 um, as my main car, I'm going to challenge you and say, well, that's not true. <laughs> it's just not reasonable because, mm -hmm. you know, because it's stu it's stupid. It, it It's not a daily car, whatever. But if you tell somebody, you don't need a professional photographer at your wedding. You're spending $30,000 on this. Don't Don't bother paying any of it to the photographer. There's no reason you need to remember any of it or I'm even just, have wedding photos. I do not want to work with people who say that they want cheaper than $1,600. If that's their attitude, they're not the right client for me. They yeah, don't and, and care about photos. To, yeah. <laughs> well, and sometimes you have to just sort of let it go. Um, the funny thing about price is that is what I said about earlier. Is Sometimes people just want a better deal. Like... Like it's either in your nature or you were raised like that. And here's a 10 second anecdote. I bought some tools. Uh, it came with a free tool that I will never use. And so this tool retails for $100 plus taxes. And I put it up on Facebook Marketplace for $80 because I thought, you know what? It was free. I'm going to see if I can get some money back. Yeah. And this individual replied within minutes, I'll pay you 50 and I will be there tonight to pick it up. And I just replied, 90. <laughs> and he goes, 60, and I'll come right now. And I replied, if you come right now, I have to drop what I'm doing, it will be 100. Yeah. And then he replied simply, 80. And I replied saying, all right, I'm ready for you, come anytime. <laughs> so... Oh, it, it made it made me made me laugh. I did. I took screenshots and I shared it with people, kind of saying like, "This guy's a funny guy" because I listed it for eighty, and then he talked himself up to eighty, but he wanted to pay less. But it made me realize that how it applies to our business. If you if you set your prices and somebody haggles with you, just just be very very firm on it and say no. Mm -hmm. It's that this is the price. And they'll, if they want it, if they want your product, if they want to hire you, they will come up to that price. Right? Yeah. But let's get so. back to competition. 
Is that what we're talking about today? Yes. <laughs> but, Sophia. Yes. The first thing you said about competition is how we don't, we lower our prices in order to get the business because our competition yes, prices are lower. and we shouldn't lower. lower our prices to beat the competition. And we this is what I'm trying to tell you. better photographers, better business people, and not be afraid of competition. Perfect. If the issue is your price, then you're not very good at selling yourself. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about price right now. We're talking right. about competition. Okay, tell me more <laughs> about competition. Oh, I got all, I think, everything I want to say about it. Don't okay. be an ass. If you're afraid of sharing stuff, then think really hard about why you're actually afraid of sharing stuff. Because it's, it's probably not for the reasons that you think. Uh, your business maybe. isn't going to fall apart because you're sharing everything that you know. It's fear of becoming irrelevant. That's what it is. You know, oh, everybody's doing it now. I don't, so do I, something new. If people start stealing your ideas, then they're not very nice people. They're not very unique. Their business probably isn't going to flourish because they can't adapt because all they can do is steal other people's ideas. And there is a way to steal other people's ideas without being a jerk. <laughs> Ooh, do tell. Uh, be nice. Collaborate with people. Share ideas rather than just stealing them. I mean, if you're sharing ideas with someone, then they're technically not stealing your ideas. Fair enough. I know people who claim to have come up with the concept of mini sessions. <laughs> oh, I hate that term so much. <laughs> I hate that. Ter- I hate when people say e-sesh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Please don't. Like, it, it's not electronic, okay? As far as I'm concerned, the letter E is for electronic. You can only abbreviate electronic with the letter E. Like, e-cigarette, you know, oh, or geez. e-mail. <clears throat> it's not an e-session. <laughs> All I'm saying is, you didn't come up with anything. Someone came up with it before you did, so... True that. Move on. Move on. <laughs> True Don't that. be offended when someone else uses your idea. Apparently it was a good idea. So I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Um, mm-hmm. Our business model is very unique, as, so it's it's brand oriented. So the brand Lux Photography, it it kind of sort of sells the word luxury. Uh, you know, it, I talk about experience, and I always say, if you want the Lux experience, this is this is who we are. You know, and I never say Lux price. I never talk about price. Um, But if you're nice to your competition, sometimes when you get these weddings that uh, people really want to spend less or have a lot less money to spend, or sometimes it's only a two-hour wedding, so they're getting married at a courthouse on a Saturday or not on a Saturday, but a Friday, let's say, and you're already busy, but this two-hour wedding, you really want to help the people, but it's not your business model. Well, guess what? The competition that you're really nice to that are on par with your photography, you can actually hire them to do these weddings for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do. This is this is kind of our business model. We have other photographers photographing under our brand. Um, and when people, that's why we kind of branded it that way. When people hire us, they are hiring the Lux photography experience. They're not hiring Petro. They're not hiring Hannah 
you're not hiring Sophia, they're hiring Lux Photography Company. Mm-hmm. The word company, you know, etc. And the people who are shooting these weddings for us are contractors. And they're literally our competition. They are not our employees. There are people who compete for the same clients on you know, on the same weekends, you know, who have similar websites and similar prices. So being nice does go a long way. <clears throat> now, my competition is really happy because I'm giving them work. At the end of the day, they wouldn't be making an income. And are they making less money? Yes, they're not getting my full price. Are they lowering their prices in order to get this job? They're not. They get they get to uh, maintain the integrity of their brand. Uh, and at the end of the day, everybody's sort of happy, right? Um, I've only had once in the last five years that we've been branded as Lux. Has it been? Oh, it's six years now. Holy smokes. We're going into year six. Um, only once the person actually had kind of a sour thing to say. They're like, you know what? The clients mentioned that they're paying you $2,800 for this. Um, I'm only getting eight. Like, I think I should get more. <laughs> so I said, uh, nope. would you like to do more? Because you can earn more. Um, I think that for the the four hours that you photographed the wedding um, or the, that you put into this, uh, where only two of them were photographing, I feel that, you know, you agreed to this. Like, I feel you were compensated fairly. You're making but $800 for two hours of shooting. <clears throat> two hours of shooting, four hours you're doing, total. You're doing pretty well. Yeah, I thought so. $200 per hour? Come on. <clears throat> and um, I said, you can earn more. Um, but I haven't worked with this individual. They they understood what I meant. They're like, oh, okay, so yeah, you, you edit, you this, 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 this. And I think the problem there, well, the, they're not doing photography anymore. Surprise! Yep. Okay. This, individu- this individual is now uh, a pilot, funny enough. But well, that's neat. That, that is neat. <laughs> I know. Flying commercial airplanes. Um, but they're not doing photography anymore. So I feel like it's time to wrap up. Come on. Cause we have now talked about three topics. <laughs> no, it's great. Sophia. I know, I know that you're, you're upset, but get into the double exposure show group and start <laughs> sharing ideas. Yeah. We want to know your experience about competition, um, yeah. about you sharing, uh, your like, ideas. Am I, yeah. Am I missing something with like why you're afraid of sharing your ideas? Post that in the Double Exposure Show group, and I will tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm just Sophia's going to tell oh, you stay on topic. I'm it's about competition. I am prepared to hear what makes you nervous about sharing, and then competition. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm open to hearing it. Yeah, so remember, <laughs> if you're not a member of the Double Exposure Show group on Facebook, uh, we want you to join the conversation and share your ideas, share your philosophy, just share. Share everything. Share share your uh, height. We want to know how tall you are. Um, and uh, remember, there, it's a safe zone, so there will be no height shaming at all. Yeah. Also, you can find all the links in this episode uh, at the doubleexposure.show slash 65. Uh, hold on. Huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
Thanks to Benjamin Edward for our aardvark. I almost said Benjamin Edward. Edward for our aardvark. <laughs> um, thanks to Ben Sound for our theme music. And thank you for sharing this episode with a friend. Um, slash competition. Ooh, good one. <laughs> if you like what you've heard, please leave us a review and a rating on iTunes, guys. Seriously. Yeah, that'd Just be really nice. Just do us nice. a favor, please. Please. We're begging you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Sophia's begging you. I'm just asking. Yes. Be nice. True. So it's been uh, it's been great having you listen to us, and please continue doing so. Okay. Um, until next time, everyone. <laughs> Get to work. <laughs>